0: This is Solid Talk, speaking out loud yeah. depth, check it out. Speaking out loud in depth, cancel culture, can't keep me in check. And from beginning, gotta tell us what's next. True believers, they can come and connect. Call in or even come as a guest and show each other respect. God bless you, family. Praise the Lord. My name is Brother Greg. This is Solid Talk, speaking out loud in depth. God is good. He is worthy to be praised. Man, I came on here on a kamikaze mission. <laughs> this is a topic that I've been avoiding for a long time. Believe it or not, even though this is solid talk, speaking out loud in depth, as bold as I am and as, as wild and crazy as I am on here with the stuff I say, there are a few topics that I have avoided. And I avoid them for various reasons, The main reason is usually because I'm not exactly sure where I stand on it. And tonight's discussion is one of these particular topics where I'm not exactly sure where I stand on it. So tonight I need y'all to help me out. Right now, I know I'm gonna end up getting in trouble before the evening is over. So you know what I'm saying I figure my 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 channel viewership is down. It doesn't have much traction right now. So I just figure I'm gonna go ahead and go on a kamikaze mission. We're just gonna lay it out on the on the table and let the chips fall where they may. Glory to God in the highest. But God is just so good. So I want to bring up this this topic. And the title of tonight's solid talk says, can women lead in ministry right now? I've been meaning to talk about this for a while. I remember talking to a friend of mine who said a comment that really stood out to me. She is a believer. She uh, deals in ministry. Um, I'm not sure to what capacity she has a title or not, but she made a comment one time and she was talking about how, you know, she has these gifts and stuff that the Lord gives her. But because of the institution of the church, right, or I don't know whether you want to call it the church of the faith, but I think in in the context she said it, she was speaking about the church, she said it's the most, she said it's the sexist, the most sexist place, right, um, for her. And it's supposed to be basically an accommodating place. And that stood out to me because First and foremost, America, period, is probably the most lenient country when it comes to women's rights, right? If it weren't for America and the West, right, um, just the Western culture, um, women wouldn't even be afforded some of the things that they're afforded today. If you go to other countries around the world, it's not going to be the same. You know what I'm saying? Matter of fact, men in other countries kind of laugh at American men just based on on the fact of how— you know, dominant and how feminized the country is overall. So I thought that was interesting just first and foremost being in America, but then even in the church, you know, uh, where I see it today, it's like, in my opinion, a lot of the church is feminized, right? So it really is a lot of moving parts. We got to even qualify what we mean by the church because one could be referring to the traditional church. Somebody could be referring to um, just Christianity as a whole, right, or just the, the scriptures and what they say. So this is the question that I'm asking y'all today. I'm going to throw the number up on the screen. I don't know, A, if y'all going to call and B, if it's going to work, but it's two o two seven three. I got to move my hand so y'all can see it. <laughs> 738-1686, 202-738-1686. We're going to try to get the Skype going. Once again, I'm not even 100% sure if, if it's, if it's going to come through, but I guess we'll find out if somebody calls. But y'all help me out. Can women lead in ministry? The other reason why this came to mind is because I was speaking to someone, and they are a relatively new Christian, and they were in a group like a uh, some sort of fellowship, right? And the person was asking them to teach on something or to expound on something. And this particular woman of God, she said she felt uncomfortable, right? Because the scripture basically talks about how uh, a woman should not teach, right? Um, and so we're going to go to that scripture. And this is what I need y'all to help me figure out because I'm, I'm trying to dissect all of this And before I even get too deep into this discussion, I want to qualify this by saying, man, um, I've had a lot of women in the body of Christ that have helped me in my walk. There are women that that and that inspire me in a certain type of way. Sister Sharon, someone who inspires me. There's a couple other ministers on YouTube inspire me. You know, the church I grew up in, uh, there was a, a, a lady. Um, At that time, she didn't have a title. Now she has at another church. She has become a pastor. Right. Um, But she inspired me, you know, could preach moments where I needed to hear from God. She was preaching that day. And and and, and man, I heard from God. You know what I mean? There was a, a sermon that she preached. I remember it vividly just about how she wants to go higher in Christ. And she pulled out a ladder, you know what I mean? She set the ladder in the middle of the church, and, and she was preaching on the ladder, and each time she said something, she was taking a step higher. And that inspired me because in that particular season, I knew that there was some stuff I needed to come out of, and I knew I had to come up and get higher in the Lord. And so I say all of that to say I listen to female ministers you know what I mean? I appreciate them. I appreciate their contributions. Um, but that being said, I do think it's worth having this discussion and really, really kind of looking and asking this question and coming to a solution uh, or 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 a, a, an answer to this question of, is there a such thing as a female pastor? Is there a such thing as a female apostle? You know, because now we have female apostles. And so I'm the type of person, look, if you like it, I love it. If I'm not going to disrespect you and not like that. If you if you call yourself something, <laughs> that's what I'm going to call you. You know what I mean? It ain't, it ain't really a big deal to me because at the end of the day, it's about the job. But some people like titles, you know what I mean? And I get it. And so I want to go to the scripture, and I need you all to help me figure this out. So we're going to go to um, the scripture that came up in our small group Bible study where uh, – the sister was saying she felt uncomfortable teaching right and I want to see what this says I'm in 2nd Timothy and we're going to kind of I'm in excuse me I'm in 1st Timothy chapter 2 and we're basically going to kind of read the tail end of what he's doing it's such a short it's such a short chapter let's just read it from verse 1 I mean why not you know what I mean it says and this is Paul writing to Timothy I exalt I exhort, therefore, that first of all supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men the man, Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time, whereunto I am ordained a preacher and an apostle. I speak the truth in Christ and lie not a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and verity. So this is kind of important because a lot of what we're going to talk about tonight is going to have to do with Paul and his apostolic authority, right? I don't know why I put that in quotes. (laughs) Paul absolutely had apostolic authority. (laughs) I just like making air quotes. Don't pay no attention to me. But um, I guess I kind of put it in quotes there because I think when we really begin to have this discussion, it's really going to be a situation where um, it might come to a point of You know, is this something that Paul is saying or is this something that God is saying or is it something that God is saying through Paul? Because the scripture does say that all scripture is God breathed and written by holy men of God who are inspired by the Holy Spirit. So if it's in that book and is written by a man of God, right, that means that it is God breathed. But we got to take into consideration context. We got to take into consideration like what was going on at the time. And so the reason why this is such a conundrum is because uh, there are a lot of women in ministry and there are a lot of gifted and talented and anointed women in in ministry. And so it becomes a mystery um, trying to reconcile some of the scriptures and what we see playing out in real time. Because when we really get into it, depending on what the context is, we're going to be faced with the decision of how do I reconcile these two things, right? And 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 really, like I said, I don't, I don't have a dog in the race. I I kind of hope it is authorized. You know what I mean? Because that way, <laughs> that way, it's like a non-issue. You know what I mean? I, once again, I've had female Sunday school t- matter of fact, every fem- every Sunday school teacher I had was probably a woman from when I was a child up until when I came back to church. I was in the old people's class. Sister Hunter was the teacher. Um, You know, went to the last church I was a member of several years ago. They had a male, female, co-pastor type deal going on. And so, you know, I, I was up under that. So, like I said, I don't have a dog in the race. I hope it is on the up and up in a way, you know, but whatever God says, and whatever the word of God says, that that's really what it is, and we have a responsibility to adjust to that, not to make God adjust to us. So let's keep going. So, so Paul kind of establishes his authority here. He says, "Whereunto I am ordained a preacher and a, and an apostle, I speak the truth in Christ and lie not. A teacher of the Gentiles in faith and verity. That word verity is similar to truth." Verse eight says, I will, therefore, or I desire, therefore, that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting and like manner also that women adorn themselves in modest apparel with shamefacedness and sobriety, not with broided hair or gold or pearls or costly array, but which becometh women professing godliness with good works. And so now. Paul shifts into this the instruction for godly women. And so this whole letter to Timothy is, is, is effectively Paul kind of writing him, telling him how church conduct is supposed to go, right? What's supposed to be happening in the church? How do you ordain um, an elder and all of these other different type of things? He tells him to be encouraged. Let no man despise your youth, all of that type of stuff. And so when he gets back into it, right, He's now talking and he says in verse 11, and this is the controversial part. Let the woman let me let me before I even let me let me rewind what I just said.
1: Because
0: I said this a couple years ago and I do still believe it. Um, Do I still believe it? What I said was the word of God is not controversial. We just make it controversial. But the Word of God is what it is. So whatever it is, that is what it is. But the controversial part comes from the carnal mind and and how we interpret the Word of God and and what we read into it, right? Our, our, uh, what is it, Uh, eisegesis of the text, is that's when you read into the text what you wanted to say, if I'm not mistaken. Somebody fact-check me on that word. But basically, you know what I'm saying, that's kind of what it is. And so he says... But I, he says, let the woman learn in silence with all subjection, but I suffer not a woman to teach. In other words, I don't allow a woman to teach nor to usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. Now, I'm just reading the Bible, okay? (laughs) <laughs> I know I came on here to get canceled, you know what I mean? But don't cancel me just yet. I'm just reading the Bible, right? I'm not, I promise you I'm just reading the scriptures. And so that's fascinating to me because I got to understand what I'm, I'm, I'm legit. I'm not even being facetious. I, I want y'all to help me understand. What is Paul saying here? what is he saying here okay so let's keep going because and and i say that because when we see the scripture that says but i suffer not a woman to teach nor to usurp authority over the man in other words to um to take authority to take unlawful authority over man but to be in silence okay now the first question that'll probably come to mind is what's the context here and what is he really saying? Now, there's several theories about this and we can go to got questions and kinda kind of uh, throw some out there. Now, I've heard a few. One that I heard from a pastor at a previous church I attended was that a lot of the men of the church at that time were going and they were getting foreign wives, right? Glory to the Lamb of God. I'm going to turn my sound up a little bit. They were getting foreign wives and some of these foreign wives weren't, I guess they weren't versed in their particular language. And so because of that, um, they were asking a bunch of questions or something like that, or just disrupting the service. I don't know if that's true or not. The person that taught that was a little, a little suspect the whole time in my opinion. So take that with a grain of salt, but I've also heard that, you know, the women of that time were less educated, so they were asking more questions and disrupting the service. So maybe Paul was addressing a specific issue is one theory. Um, and so we can go to got questions real quick and kind of work out some of these theories. And y'all can let me know uh, if y'all think this makes sense or if you think it's some hot garbage. But um. We're gonna breeze through this article really quickly. It says there's perhaps no more hotly debated issue in the church today than that of women serving as pastors. As a result, it is important to not see this issue as men versus women. There are women who believe women should not serve as pastors and that the Bible places restriction on the ministry of women. And there are men who believe women can serve as pastors and that there are no restrictions on women in ministry. This is not a matter of chauvinism or discrimination. It is an issue of biblical interpretation. And so, I want to kind of get down to the part where it gives the objections to this particular scripture. And so, it says, There are many objections. Let me make sure y'all can see that. Let me bring it down a little bit. Okay. There are many objections to this view of women in pastoral ministry. A common one is that Paul restricts women from teaching because in the first century, women were typically uneducated. However, 1 Timothy chapter 2, 11 through 14, nowhere mentions educational status, right? And it it says, if education were a qualification for ministry, then the majority of Jesus's disciples would not have been qualified. Okay. A second common objection is that Paul only restricted the women of Ephesus from teaching men. 1 Timothy was written to Timothy the pastor of the church in Ephesus. Ephesus was known for its temple to Artemis, and women were the authorities in that branch of paganism. Therefore, the theory goes Paul was only reacting against the female-led customs of the Ephesian idolaters, and the church needed to be different. However, the book of 1 Timothy nowhere mentions Artemis Nor does Paul mention the standard practice of Artemis worshipers as a reason for the restrictions. And then I'm going to read this part. Then I'm going to give you my take. A third objection is that Paul is only referring to husbands and wives, not men and women in general. The Greek words for woman and man in 1 Timothy 2 could refer to husbands and wives. However, the basic meaning of the word is broader than that further the same greek words are used in verses 8 through 10 uh let me let me let me let me put the right inflection on that (laughs) further the same greek words are used in verses 8 through 10 are only husbands to lift up holy hands in prayer without anger and disputing verse 8 are only wives to dress modestly have good deeds and worship god verses 9 through 10 of course not verses 8 through 10 clearly refer to all men and women not just husbands and wives there is nothing in the context that would indicate narrowing to husbands and wives in 11 through 14 so in other words what he's saying here is or what the what the got questions website is saying here is that in verses uh some people say that this particular verse 12 where it says, I don't allow a woman to teach or to usurp authority over the man. Some people say that's talking about husbands and wives, but he's saying the same words for woman and man are the same words that are used up here earlier in the text. And he's saying that in that context, it's referring to all women and all men of God, at least. And so what makes this so interesting, let me make sure y'all are on. I got to check every now and then because, you know, I might mess around. and have a technical difficulty and God bless everybody joining in. Um, this is tricky because Paul actually does give an explanation as to why he says what he says. Right. And the reason is in verse 13 and 14. Right. So we'll start it from 12. But I suffer not a woman to teach nor to usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. For Adam was first formed, then Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression, notwithstanding. In other words, nevertheless, she shall be saved in childbearing if they continue in faith and charity and holiness. With sobriety, so what makes this so fascinating is the fact that <clears throat> the explanation that uh, Paul gives here, when he talks in this text, he's basically saying this doesn't have anything to do with what's going on at Ephesus. This doesn't have anything to do with the particular context of what, what, you know, what could be going on. This ain't got nothing to do with. Um, Any of that. This is something that is related to Adam and Eve. And he says specifically in verse 14 that Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression. So there's a couple ways to even look at that. Some people say it has something to do with. I guess you would say. Okay, let me, let me, let me, let me. Okay, some people would say that it just simply has to do with the order that God has established. Let me say it that way. Um, But then there's this other concept in that uh, one thing I, I know about women is that they are very gifted in areas. Because men and women are different and we have different strengths and weaknesses. And women are very gifted in areas like compassion, empathy, uh, nurture. What's another one? Um, But those three, compassion, empathy, and nurture, right? They're also very receptive, okay? Because naturally women biologically and even naturally they are receivers, right? And so those, those gifts are, phenomenal because what would the world be without them (laughs) what would the world be without empathy and compassion not saying that men don't even have these things but i'm saying that these are things that women excel in like i believe that this is a gift from god and one of the ways that he designed men and women to complement each other right um so those are wonderful qualities but um perhaps the argument that paul could be making here is that some of those qualities Um, may not be the best for leadership, right? I'm not saying women can't lead or nothing like that. I'm just saying some of those innate qualities may not be the best for leadership. And so men, on the other hand, uh, men have compassion, but we're less compassionate. Let's just be honest. (laughs) We're less nurturing. Um, But more specifically, men are very, uh, real men are very intent about order right a a real man likes order we like order we like procedure and we like a standard right it's something about it that just feels good you know what I mean I remember my dad my dad would just eat something he would maybe eat dinner or something like that and it's this thing he used to do he would just sit there I don't know whether he was bored or what but he would just take a napkin a napkin, and he would just fold the napkin into these little shapes, almost like he was doing origami. You know what I mean? It wasn't that serious, but he would just take the napkin and fold it. And so it's like... Men like order. That's why we tend to even vote, even like secular men. When, when people vote in politics, statistically speaking, men tend to lean more conservative and women tend to lean more liberal. And so what that actually translates into is it actually translates into less tolerance for in for letting anything in. And one of the things that's wrong with society today and depending on like how you want to define the church, maybe some aspects of the church today, quote unquote, is the fact that we have let too much stuff in. And I do believe that has to do with a, a, an imbalance between the arrangement of men and women. And y'all can let me know what you feel about that. 202 1686 (laughs) hopefully that number works but um y'all can let me know what y'all feel about that that's the that's what i'm throwing out there today and so we like order right and because of that um and because and because of that we like discipline and because we do have less tangible compassion uh we're more likely to chastise we're more likely to correct right and so I'm not saying that this is every man and every woman, but I'm just saying this is generally speaking. And so it is a conundrum for me because I read something like that and I don't necessarily I mean, honestly, I don't think women supposed to just sit in church and not say anything at all. You know what I mean? I I honestly don't think that. But in me not thinking that now I'm kind of trying to like ration. Okay, well, what. Exactly. Was he trying to say, I want to say it's about context and about that particular church, but then he cites Adam and Eve and deception as the reason. And so somehow we go from um, this particular scripture and ones like it to. Like female apostles. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just telling I'm having a discussion. This is an open discussion tonight where I need y'all to help me figure it out. Um, How am I supposed to reconcile some of these scriptures with what we see happening today? Am am I am I missing the context? I'm open to that. I'm open to all of that. So, man, I see one or two comments. Uh, God bless everybody. You know, B says, I'm thinking God will and can use a woman. I'm reminded of Deborah. Right. And that, and she's a good example. Deborah, she was a judge of Israel. You know what I mean? She did her thing. She is noteworthy, a very powerful woman of God. Um, even Deborah, though, if I'm not mistaken, and maybe we can go look at it. I think there was like a particular time where she got with her um i want to say like her uh there was like a guy i think his name was bayrock or something like that and she was kind of telling him like hey i need you to kind of do this with me Um, uh, because as a woman you know what i mean um you know i'm doing a heavy lifting but <laughs> but you know can okay, you just be here so it's a non-issue i'm gonna see if i can pull that up real quick um Deborah, some people say Deborah, some people say Deborah. Um, Deborah and Bayrock. it's a long chapter. I don't know, we really got time to <laughs> blessed be the name of the Lord. <laughs> um, but the long and short of it is that God did use her. Um, she was very critical to Israel's freedom. And I do believe God can use anybody. I definitely believe that. And that's the other thing. Some people say maybe it's just we we live in the culture we live in and God is calling the Deborahs. You know, I heard a sister say on a podcast one time, I think Sister Victoria, she said, you know, she had a dream or, or a vision or something where, uh, or she heard the Lord speak. God is calling up the Deborahs. And so maybe that's what we're witnessing, right? That God is calling up the Deborahs, right? Um, Is that the case? You know, is he, you know, are they just hearing stuff? You know what I mean? Is it a deception? Because there's some people that'll tell you, you heard God call you and maybe you didn't hear what you thought you heard, or maybe you thought you heard, but it wasn't God the one that was telling you. So this stuff is very tricky. You know when we get into this this concept of hearing and you know what god has told us to do and all of this you know i think about i'm not picking on anybody um but I've, i've seen more than one example of women that have said that god said someone was their husband and then they end up not marrying the dude and so when i hear that I understand that we have free will as human beings, but I'm kind of like, like, well, you know, uh, so what, what exactly happened? Like, did God, is the, is the guy not acting right? Did God actually say that? Why would God say that if he has a sovereign mind? You know, did, did the guy's free will override the will of God? Like all of these different types of questions. And I've seen it happen more than once, you know, sometimes more than once with the same person, you know what I mean? And so, Sometimes uh we can be seduced, perhaps, right? Perhaps. I'm just having a discussion. Um Deborah though, one of my favorite uh women. There's a lot of women of God I like. Uh Deborah is a is a popular one. There's a couple. I like I like JL. You know what I'm saying? I like JL. JL. <laughs> this is this is one of my favorite girls. Um, in a, or women I say in the word of God they was like chasing this dude was running from him or something like that and she had to do think it was a safe place she gave him some milk to drink the dude fell asleep and she killed him you know i forget why that is but it's the bible man ain't nothing boring in the word of god at all but you know yeah i do believe god can use anything and maybe he is calling up the deborah's what does that mean what does that look like I don't know. Y'all help me figure it out. B says, yes. No, let's back it up. Uh, now, his daughter was Shira, who built lower and upper Beth Haran and Uzan Shira. And that's First Chronicles 7 and 24. I read this and thought, wow, man. B says, yes, there's a scripture. Yes, there is scripture about letting the Jezebel in the church. God is a God of order and Eve is a good example of the disorder in the garden. That's a good point as well. I also love the Samaritan woman running through the town. Man, it's a lot to think about. It's a lot to think about. I want to get into another scripture real quick. I'm going to go into the qualifications of a bishop, and I want y'all to help me figure this out. So I'm in 1 Timothy chapter 3. I think there's more than one place where, you know, Paul kind of of issues um, criteria for what it takes to be a bishop, an elder, you know, a couple places what it takes to be a deacon, and... We can read through this real quick. So First Timothy chapter 3 says this. It says, this is a true saying. If a man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. A bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, vigilant, sober of good behavior, given to hospitality, apt to teach. Now, this is fascinating because paul qualifies a bishop as someone who uh first of all is a man and then is i guess that number works praise the lord who do we have on
2: hey hey praise the lord uh what's up brother greg
0: yo what's going on who do i have on the line uh this is brother randy oh i should have recognized your voice i was about 80 percent sure it was you what's going on brother randy hey
2: what's going on man um okay so yeah man um uh so i just wanted to kind of chime in a little bit on the discussion mm-hmm. okay so i am of the opinion i'm in a car so i am of the opinion that uh God did not call women to be teachers over men. And so I don't believe in the uh, the uh, female pastors and the female apostles and, and things of that nature. But I do want to chime in on, um, and I think the scripture is really, really clear on that, but I do want to chime in on when people use Deborah as an example of uh, female leadership and uh, female apostles and, and things like that, they use Deborah as a precedence for that and I think this is this is this is really like the uh, uh, this is really people are not really paying careful attention to the scriptures, and this is really uh, really the worst example wow. of that um, because because Deborah is not really the person that you want to uh, put up as your example for uh, female leadership, because um, if you read the, the the book of Judges very, very carefully, almost in every chapter, the scripture was talking about, you mentioned order. The scripture, that, that book talks about how these were the days where there was no king. In other words, there was no order in Israel, and each man did that which was right in his own heart. So these were a times of chaos. Mm. And it's already telling you that it was just a chaotic time and people were just kind of doing whatever they wanted to do. And so the first thing you need to realize is that uh, in those times or in times like that, uh, whatever you see that takes place, um, the, the general order and structure that God had in place, which was the priesthood, the chiefs of the tribes, the Levites, the kings, um, you know, all that order that God had installed in Israel, that was just not not non-existent at that time. Mm. And everybody was just doing whatever Mm. they wanted to do. So to take something that took place that was um, out of the norm, like a female leadership taking place at that time, and God using a woman at that time to then set it as a precedent for how life should go on um you know in in, in, in the future that's not what it was intended to be
0: so what um, would, what would you say to so i understand the concept of what you're saying in that um that was not the rule but that was more or less an exception to the rule and it shouldn't be used as a precedent Um, And I'm getting an echo, but I think we'll be fine. So um, what would you say to someone who would suggest that we live in times today that warrant exceptions to the rule? You know, because the the argument that some people would make is that, quote unquote, the men are not stepping up. So somebody has to do it. And this is why God is calling the women.
2: Yeah, yeah. But. But yeah, okay, so that's where I want to get to the part where we need to study the nature and the the spirit of Deborah. When you see Deborah, people call her a prophetess, people call her a leader in Israel, but one of the titles that she's given, one of the titles that Deborah is given in the song of Deborah is that the Bible calls her a mother to Israel. And if you study the life of Deborah very, very closely, you don't see a woman who is... She is reluctantly in leadership. Mm. She's not embracing the leadership. And what she's doing from the from the time her ministry begins to the time her ministry ends, what she does is she raises up governors and leaders who are male in Israel. What she does is she goes, she's a mother to Israel. She goes and speaks a word and inspires young men. And so from the time that she began her ministry to the time that she leaves, she is surrounded by men who are leaders. Mm. She raised up, she inspired Mm. young men to be leaders, but that's not the spirit of these other people who are trying to compare themselves to Deborah. These are people who are seeking leadership. These are people who are embracing leadership. These are people who want to be, leaders over men but that's that wasn't deborah deborah was a mother in israel she she went and she took those reluctant unbelieving men and said hey the lord's telling you to do this this is what you were called to you know open up your eyes and, you know receive your identity but that's not so when you see something that is a uh an exception to the rule you have to watch the spirit of it mm. is it is it trying to is it trying to be the rule or does it recognize that it is an exception to the rule and is' trying to go back to the state of order? But when you hear these people um uh, make these claims, you can tell that the spirit is not to go back to the state of order. the, the, the spirit is to remain in a state of chaos mm. so that they can have um uh, a status or this position that they think is uh is, is high or mighty.
0: So, uh, since I'm getting in trouble tonight, I'm going to have you get in trouble with me. Would you say that the church, from adopting kind of like some of the feminist ways of the culture, is in chaos now?
2: Oh, I mean, uh, I mean, the church is in chaos for a lot of different things. Um, you know what I'm saying? The church is in chaos for a lot of different things. Uh, I guess that's, you know, that, that would for sure be one of them, but it's just like, you know, uh, the church is in chaos in in general because, uh, we're just, we, we have, see the order starts with God, Mm -hmm. the order starts with God. and, and, And it doesn't start with man, uh, man, man is definitely not our head. Uh, man is definitely not our leader. See, see the the problem is not that we have like a feminine leadership. We have male we have man in general, man and woman, we have human leadership.
1: Hmm.
2: And we need to get away from human re- leadership and we need to find God.
0: I see. Okay, I understand what you're saying. Okay. Yeah, Thank human you. leadership. Yeah. And we need Thank to you. find yeah. God. Okay, got it. Yeah, man, that's that's an insightful point, you know what I mean? I think the point you made about understanding which spirit someone is under, um, because um, ambition is one of the things that really tripped up Eve in the garden. It was the fact that she was offered um, authority and she was offered uh, basically a promotion from what she was created to be. And so that is something to think about, man. Um, I appreciate you weighing in on that. You know what I mean? Um I guess all of us gotta gotta understand what, what spirit we're under.
2: All right, all right, all right. Hey man, appreciate you opening up the lines. God bless. I'll I'll keep listening.
0: All right, God bless you, brother.
2: All right, bye-bye.
0: Yeah, praise the Lord. God bless, brother Randy. You know what I mean. That is a, um, <clears throat> that's a take. You know, and if anybody wants to call in and add on to that or disagree with that, I got to raise my arm up again. Two zero two seven three eight sixteen eighty six. Glory to the Lamb of God. Um, but yeah, that's the thing about it, and it's tricky because, like I said, you know, there there's sisters that I, um, get. You know that I receive from. And I have peace in receiving from them, you know. Um, and some of them have went on to become pastors, right? And so, you know, it's 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 one of those type of things where like I said, it 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 don't really matter to me, but I do wanna be in agreement with whatever the scriptures are saying. Cause I listen the couple some of the people I listen to are hardcore. You know what I mean? Like they'll tell you straight up, ain't no such thing as a woman pastor, da-da-da. If you do it, you out of order, da-da-da-da. At the same time, it's kind of tricky because I do believe the the last church that I was a member of, and this was at least five years ago now, it's probably like 2018-ish, 2019. As I mentioned, that was a male-female combination. And <clears throat> I don't want to talk about them too much because <laughs> I like them. I, I, like, I like everybody there, seriously. So I don't... <sighs> I want to tread lightly, just out of not being fake. You know what I mean. Um, but what I will say is, uh, both the male and female pastor there blessed my walk tremendously, and I'm grateful for that. It was it, it it made me feel a little bit uneasy though toward the end of my time there because of a few things. It was one one thing that I had going on was. And and by the way, I do believe God led me to this church. But one thing that that I had going on was being at that particular church, but also listening to the people I was listening to offline that were against that type of ministry. And so. You know, it was like I'm going to a church with a male and female pastor, but then I'm these people that I knew before I even was at this church and I gave credence to them a little bit because I take everybody with a grain of salt. Y'all know me. I think, you know, I (laughs) just I'm pretty confident in what I know. You know what I mean? So I'll listen and glean and grow. But at the same time, I have a mind to think for myself. Anyway, the conflict of interest between those two things became a bit of a problem. And some of the deficiencies of that model began to show themselves more clearly toward the end of my time there. Uh, I believe both the husband and the wife know the Lord, but the wife had kind of like a uh, what I guess people call a type A personality. So she was like very bold, very vocal uh, very vibrant, very you could even say powerful, just animated um lively uh that type of person and then the 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 male he was much more reserved you know it doesn't mean that he was any less powerful in the Lord or that he didn't know the Lord or anything like that, but he was just much more uh I don't even want to say stoic because I consider myself stoic. In some ways, but he was more reserved, more laid back, was perfectly content with kind of playing the the back role. And so, while I was there, it became a bit of a challenge for me because I kind of felt like the ministry was feminine, you know what I mean? And those who are OGs on the channel might remember a time where I oh, I'm about to go up and get my charger. <laughs> I said I was going to make that checklist, didn't I? Um, But might remember a time where uh, I was doing a fast and I invited people to come up to the church. And, uh, you know, somebody took me up on that offer. And one thing that they noticed was that uh, this particular church was was a small church, very small church. Just that couple, um, probably about, you know, six or seven young ladies and maybe like two young men, me and this other guy then you had like a married couple and then one other older couple that had came and eventually left all of that um but a lot of the women there the the young ladies there began to emulate the female pastor and i didn't i knew that they looked up to her but i didn't really realize how serious it was until I came there one day or, or, or a person came there one day and then talked to me about it. And they was like, you notice that they all kind of speak like her and act like her. <laughs> so it's like if the female pastor was like, yes, like all of them would be like, yes. And so when the person pointed that out to me, I was like, dang, they do really kind of like kind of like do that a little bit. And so I begin to get a little uncomfortable, and then they started getting into the whole apostolic pro- prophetic movement, um, new, new what is it called, new reformation, apostolic prophetic movement, and I'm not really sure about that type of stuff one way or the other. I believe in apostles. I believe in prophets. But there's this such thing as like a new apostolic reformation movement, which is like a whole, like, movement, for lack of a better word, in christendom anyway that was one reason why i kind of left is because of that that uh conflict of interest you know what i mean it was just getting a little uncomfortable and i was like you know "Is, is this really here but then i started seeing some of the deficiencies there like the message the word was good but i felt like it could have been a little bit more stern you know what i mean um I don't know. I felt like I don't know. I just felt like they Let me just say what I want to say. I felt like they were preaching good, but they could have they could have uh preached a little harder to break some of the chains off of folks. But that was just a particular season. Um I got to witness some of that stuff firsthand, so I mean, it, it is what it is. But let's go back to the scripture. So I'm in um uh, well, this is judges. I was gonna read up on Deborah. We are gonna have to do a study on Deborah separately. But I was in uh First Timothy chapter three. I'm trying to see: do I want to go get this now, or do I want to? <laughs> I want to try to roll these dice. So he says that a husband in verse two, a husband, the husband rather, of one wife. Vigilant, sober of good behavior, given to hospitality, apt to teach, not given to wine, nor striker, not greedy of filthy, filthy lucre. That means dirty money, but patient, not a brawler, not covetous, one that ruleth well his own house. All right. There's the battery sign. Having his children in subjection with all gravity. Let me find a little song for y'all to listen to for about fifteen seconds while I run up here and uh listen to this music i would I would let y'all listen to my man ice jJ fish but um <laughs> I'm not gonna subject y'all to that that's my guy though i don't I don't consider it subjection but you know what I mean so let's listen to this real quick I don't know is this gonna play
1: I'll be back in a second God, we believe, and yes, we can see That wonders are still what you do Bodies are still being raised Giants are still being slayed God, we believe, and yes, we can see wonders are still what you do we are here for you come and do what you do we are here for you come and do what you do we set our hearts on
0: Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Uh, All right. Let me check on the comments. It's a good time to do that. So uh, we'll get to that scripture in a minute. Y'all know I got to catch my breath. I'm old and out of shape now. (laughs) Glory to God in the highest. I'm going to get it together. So expressions of faith with Judith says, I'm 62 years old. I was called by God and ordained by God to the office of prophetess. So I absolutely believe that female prophetess, um, Deborah, the scripture says verbatim. She was a prophetess. But let me finish reading your comment. So continuing that comment, I was ordained and licensed by man 22 years ago. When I first told my pastor, he told me God would not call me. Okay. six months later, a guest preacher preached at our church anniversary. He called me out and told me, excuse me, he called me out and told my pastor and entire church family that God called me to the office of prophetess. I don't debate with anyone anymore about my calling and assignment. I know as sure as I am breathing that I'm a prophetess. Praise the Lord. Um, She say this question says, is a bishop and pastor the same office? So let's 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 examine that question. We're going to pull out the concordance right now and look up both words, uh, bishop and pastor. So, uh, yeah, what I want to say, though, is uh, sometimes it's like that. And that's kind of how I feel about it in that I'll take, for example, the whole Christian rap thing. Um, When God called me to that. A lot of the same people I listen to that say there are no such thing as female pastors and uh, female apostles and stuff like that. Some of them don't like Christian rap. Some of them do, but I don't know if they like it, but like some of them are OK with it, but some of them are staunchly against it. And so I had to really kind of get to the place where I was just like praying about it and making sure that I was hearing from God and God was confirming it. God was Uh, God would do things and he still does this a little bit, but especially in the beginning, he would do things along the way to just affirm the things that we're doing. I'll give one really minor example. One of them is one time we were filming a music video, one of like the first or second video that I ever filmed. It's called Psalm 51 again. And we had a scene where two guys were acting like police officers. Right. Mark, brother Marcus and brother Nate, they were acting like police officers in a little skit we did. And we didn't have a police car. I didn't even think that we necessarily needed a police car, but when we got outside of where we were filming, which happened to be a library, there was like this car. It was, I'm not sure if it was a police car or what, but it was definitely like some sort of police looking SUV type vehicle, authority type vehicle where it's like, we use that for the video. And I knew that that was God blessing us with that particular vehicle because it made it seem that much more authentic and realistic. And so he's done all of these different things along the way. And that's what I would tell anybody. If you're hearing from God and you know you're hearing from the Lord, do what God told you to do, regardless of what anybody thinks. You say, I know as sure as I'm breathing, that God called you to that particular office. And so to that, I say, hey, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, that's just that. And and I believe that, um, that if you believe you're hearing from God, we need to go with that. Let's do this, though. Let's look at the the real um, meaning of this word bishop. So we're going to go to 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, by the grace of God. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, interlinear. And we're going to look up this word bishop in the text. Then we're also going to look up this word bishop in the scriptures. I'm sorry, not the scripture, in a concordance. And then we're going to look up the word pastor, right? So the scripture says... Broken down, it says, uh trustworthy, okay, if you know it's in different order in that particular language. But the word here comes out to overseer. Okay. Overseer, episcopies. I could be saying that very wrong. 1984 is the number. Happens to be the year I was born. And the word here says, uh, A visiting and overseeing, okay, Uh, visitation of judgment, oversight, supervision, overseership. And so in this particular definition, it doesn't reference uh, pastor. But let's see if we can get a specific definition for the text that we're reading, which is out of 1 Timothy So first Timothy chapter one. Okay. Uh, So the definition they have down here is in C uh, oversight. That is overseership office charge, specifically the office of a bishop, the overseer or presiding officer of a Christian church. First Timothy chapter three, verse one. So I think that's a pretty solid definition. Let's look up what a pastor is real quick. Now, I know the word pastor means shepherd. Um, so we're in a concordance now. So it basically says, let's see if we can find it real quick. And that's a good question. Um, are a pastor and a bishop the same thing? Glory to the Lamb of God. So we're going to look up pastor. And blessed be the name of the Lord. Okay, pastor. A shepherd. One who tends herds or flocks not merely one who feeds them, is used metaphorically of Christian pastors. Ephesians 4 and 11, pastors guide as well as feed the flock. Acts 20 and 28, which which with verse 17 indicates that this was the service committed to elders. In parentheses, it has overseers or bishops. So also in first Peter five, one and two, tend the flock, exercising the oversight. This involves tender care and vigilant super and See shepherd. OK, so it does look like based on what we just read in the I'm off the screen <laughs> based on what we just read in the concordance. Right. It says that. this was the service committed to elders and it has in parentheses overseers or bishops so I think to a certain degree those things can be used interchangeably I know we just read what a bishop is but while we're on it let's go ahead and read see what this particular concordance says about the word bishop while we're here so a bishop okay literally this the one we just read literally an overseer which is to look or watch which has precisely the same meaning okay my bad whence english bishop which is which has precisely the same meaning is found in acts philippians timothy titus first peter okay see overseer note Pributeros, an elder, is another term for the same person as bishop or overseer. See Acts 20 and 17 with verse 28. The term elder indicates the mature spiritual experience and understanding of those described. The term bishop or overseer indicates the character, the work undertaken, indicates the character of the work undertaken undertaken according to the divine will and appointment as in the new testament there were to be bishops in every local church where the singular is used the passages describing what a bishop should be christ himself is spoken of as quote the bishop of our souls okay so there's a little bit more i'm not going to read the whole thing Glory to the Lamb of God. The last thing I'm going to do for this particular scripture is I'm going to look at 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 and several translations and see what they come out to. Wait, is that what I want? <laughs> what are we reading? First Timothy chapter three. My bad. First Timothy chapter three, verse one. In different translations. Thank y'all for bearing. We having a little Bible study. It's all good. Y'all know what it is. <laughs> y'all know what it is. Um, so you know, Common English. Oh, uh, supervisor. Uh, ESV, that's English Standard Version, Overseer, Message Bible, any, if anyone wants to provide leadership, NIV, Overseer. So I think uh, effectively, it's uh, effectively like in, in our local churches today, usually for most churches, there's one pastor. And that person is effectively the overseer of the church. As you kind of get into different denominations and different church models, sometimes you might have a bishop who might oversee more than one church. Right. Then you might have somebody who might have a conglomerate of a church in a denomination. You know, you might have someone who plants a church might be considered an apostle. So there's a lot to that. Um, we're probably going to study that a little more in depth on the Bible study about you know, bishop and pastor, if that's interchangeable or if that's different. But um, I think for the purposes of how we know a pastor today, it's effectively the same thing. So so kind of finishing that off, it says, I want to emphasize what it says in verse 4, one that rules well his own house having his children in subjection with all gravity. Verse five, for if a man know not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? Now, this is interesting to me because one of the criteria that Paul is really given here of and we'll just call it for now a bishop or an overseer is based upon his ability to lead his own family. You know, this, this particular person has to rule his household well. And the reason he's saying that is because I should be able to look at how you run your family and you should have the, the responsibility and the practice and the gravity of running a family Before you are a bishop or an overseer. Right. And so this is kind of tricky, too, because, you know, like, say someone like me, for example, I don't have an immediate family right now, (laughs) you know. So would that disqualify me if God, say, for example, called me to be a pastor, which is something I've thought about before. You know, you got a lot of um, single pastors. uh, You got a lot of divorced pastors. That's another solid talk for another day. That I've been avoiding a little bit, um, it's it's something to consider, you know. And so, like, is that a requirement, or or is he list is he listing some things he thinks might be nice, <laughs> you know what I mean? Hey, it'd be good if he rules his own house, you know, because then it kind of shows that he'll be good at running the church. But then, more specific to what we're talking about tonight, if 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 we're gonna take this as for what it says that a man has to demonstrate that he has to lead his own house before he can try to try to lead the house of God by default that would kind of, I'm just going to say it disqualify a woman because by God's order, right? Um, it'll be like god christ hu- y'all seen that umbrella thing god christ uh husband wife and the kids and so that's the order of the of the family right and so you know i've seen where it's like and i'm not talking about nobody i know good solid people so i'm not trying to step on toes but you know i've seen like where there's a female pastor and then, like the husband, he's just like a member of the church, like the first man or something like that. And um, you know, it's like, based. I'm just basing this all only on this scripture. And I honestly am trying to process all this stuff. That's why I need y'all to help me figure it out. Okay, if 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 she is not the head of her household, right? Um, based upon this scripture, would she have the credentials to lead the house of God? right but then maybe you take it to 2023 where you got some households where there's no man at all you know a lot of kids today are born into single family single mother households where the mother is the leader of the of the of the, <laughs> of the um household and so um it's a whole can of worms you know what i mean but these are just some things to consider right I told you I'm on a kamikaze mission tonight, so it's just going to be what it's going to be. Let's get to some more of these comments. I can take the pressure off myself. So it says um, a comment here. See, see, B says, it's amazing, though, that God will do as he pleases. Good discussion. And so... I agree that God will do what he pleases. The challenge that we're facing, right, is the authority of the scriptures. If we're going to believe that the scriptures are in perfect agreement with the spirit of God and with God. And if we're going to believe that the scriptures are inherent, they are, they are, they are ineffable, right? Then we have to give the, the scriptures authority with the assumption that the scriptures are in perfect agreement with God. Now, God can do whatever he wants, well in a way God cannot lie I did a video on that About a year ago Five things God cannot do One of them is that He cannot lie uh, There's a few other things It doesn't take away From him being God It actually makes you Appreciate him uh, More for it being God But um, For the sake of conversation God can do what he wants Right Okay But If the scriptures Are inerrant And God breathed and and final, okay, <laughs> um, that kind of puts us in a little bit of a pickle because if we're going to say that God is doing a new thing, right, like, you know, God is doing a new thing or this is what he's doing, da-da-da, uh, maybe you say there's an exception to every rule, I don't know, then it's kind of like a little bit scary because now we've opened up a can of worms because if we go outside of the, the, the scriptures, specifically the epistles, which tell us how to have church conduct, now we're getting into territory of where a whole lot of stuff can now be up for private interpretation. And so now, OK, this is how we end up with a, a, a pastor and a first man. I'm talking about a male pastor and a first man which I've seen down there in the so-called church in Atlanta. This is how we end up with, you know, people, somebody was telling me today, somebody was trying to tell them Christians are allowed to, to have sex before marriage, all this type of stuff. Because we take away the authority of the scripture, which is disorderly. So now it's like, what is happening? It's one of three scenarios, either the scripture is e- either there's more that needs to be learned about the context and the interpretation of the scripture and that God really is calling female pastors and uh, and apostles and all of this and, and we just have to understand it. Or that is the interpretation but God is just doing something outside of the scripture, which is kind of frightening to me, to be honest with you. And then the third one is that. I guess maybe that's the same as the first. um, The scripture says what it says and people are just doing what they want to do. So it's something to consider. Definitely. Um <laughs> something to consider Uh, I'm going to get to these comments then we're going to go ahead and wrap it up unless y'all say something really controversial then it might be another 20 minutes so let's just read yeah order starts with God B says a woman pastor in a, tr- in the church sounds spiritually dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> Invites confusion, expressions of favor. Yeah, that was a question we answered. Uh, oh, B said, listen to that song and shared it this morning. Look at God or different artists. Yeah. Praise the Lord. I say, yeah. okay. so here's a here's another follow up from expressions of faith with Judith. Yes, I went on a year sabbatical. I watched no TV and literally stayed in for 12 months. I fasted, prayed and sought God like never before. He confirmed to me over and over again. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Expression says so church today is wrong. We call bishops those who are over and has several churches under their authority i guess if you if you really look at the the real meaning of the word that is kind of what we call it you're right like we almost look at it like a rank it's like pastor has one church bishop has several churches apostle is somebody who plants churches and is over all of that so i mean um, we definitely could do more study, but that really just goes into the whole thing about the titles, you know what I mean? And and just the, the people that um, love titles, you know? And I think that's really a lot of what this is. People want to be validated, you know? Um, personally, I can care less about a title. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's just me. I kind of have always uh, <clears throat> been a little confident in who I am in certain areas. And so um, I'm not really that caught up, but there's some people like, hey, I do the job. You know, there's a lot of women of God that that do shepherd, you know, they teach, they help people, they counsel, um, they preach, you know what I mean? And so I think we can explore this a little further. If you somebody watching the replay, comment below. Let me know what you think of it. You know what I mean? Let me know. Uh. Your take on I think what we can do is just continue to, to pray, continue to study the scriptures. You know what I mean? Um, continue to rightly divide the word. I got to get a little deeper. I got to get a little deeper into the early church, which is something I've been meaning to do for a little while. Um, I got to get a little deeper into um, church conduct and the etymology of some of these words and stuff like that. So I think it will be valuable, um, you know, and, and, and that's another thing people say is like that was just simply a different time. You know what I mean? Like maybe it wasn't even in Paul's reality of, of the way that society was conducted back then that a woman would lead anything. Not just a church, you know what I mean? Like maybe that was just just a, a a a writing that came from the mind of the of his time, right? But then at the same time, why why should that even change? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like personally, I had a joke with my friend, I'ma tell this, then we're gonna get off. And it's not gonna be a funny joke, so just please uh uh indulge me. Um We used to play video games, and I had a friend, he used to love changing the sliders. I guess we was playing, like, NBA 2K or something like that. And he was trying to get the game as realistic as possible, and he would always make these little adjustments to change the way the game was played. And I used to have this theory. He would do this for a lot of games, Madden, um, you know, uh, wrestling, little wrestling games we would play on Nintendo 64. And he would say you know, he would make his changes, and I would always say, um, keep everything on default. In other words, the designers of this game designed it for a purpose. They designed it a certain way, and they wanted to be that way for a reason, and they're more knowledgeable than us. (laughs) You know what I mean? So keep everything on default. And I think from a human standpoint, We have gotten so far away from the intent of God and how he envisioned humanity to conduct itself that a lot of stuff is out of order now. And that's just something for us to think about. So listen, family, thank you all for uh, hanging out with me. I'm not sure if I got canceled or not. I guess we'll find out next week. But God is good. Uh, man, enjoy the rest of your weekend. I am still on the film set as the sound guy. You know what I mean? I got my boom pole. This is not it. But, you know, I got my boom pole. I'm, I'm getting the sound and, you know, what I'm saying all that good stuff. So uh, the most important thing is that I'm getting an opportunity to see how um, films are produced with a crew. Y'all know I do my own music videos and I've done some really light, light, short film type stuff on this channel. So I've, I know how to do stuff by myself, but now I'm actually understanding the, the 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 way that that workflow is when you have a film crew. And so that's beneficial because what that means is that those short films are about to start coming. So uh, be on the lookout for that. I'm excited about what the Lord is doing um in the evolution of this ministry, you know what I mean? I feel like I am in a bit of a potential uh, season change, you know what I mean? And so I have to have on the right gear and be aware of the right things in order for me to function right in the right season. So pray that I be prayerful, pray that I'm in the will of God, pray that I... Um, Continue to run this race that I don't look back, keep my hand to the plow, you know, pray for a pure heart, all of that type of stuff, because I believe ultimately that's what's going to bless the body of Christ and allow us to fulfill the commission that he's given us. So listen, family, thank you all for hanging out with me a little bit. God is good. I enjoyed tonight's discussion. Praise the Lord. Glory to God in the highest. God bless everyone who joined in. Forgive me if I didn't get to any comment. That's all I have in this Solid Talk family. You all take care and be blessed. Culture can't keep me in check And from beginning gotta tell us what's next True believers they can come and connect Call in or even come as a guest And show each other respect I keep it solid I'm dropping knowledge Wisdom understanding just like you done went to college Devil know we working His goal is to try to stop it Helmet of salvation and shield the faith That'll block it Controversial topics just to keep it honest Truth hit hard just like it's a blunt object Culture godless, I can't even call it. We in the last days, Babylon is falling. Don't kill the messenger. I can't mess with ya. Points gotta let the rudder. It's like we keep on testing ya. Just walk and get the best of ya. I'm trying to tell you bruh, All here in the remnants shall say We trying to get the rest Speaking of ya. Speaking out loud in depth. Cancel culture can't keep me a check. in check. And from beginning, gotta tell us what's next. True believers, they can come and connect. Call in or even come as a guest and show each other respect. of the pages. The blood of Jesus covers all my sin and it erases. I pleaded and believe it so it covers all my bases. Speaking out loud in depth. Cancel culture can't keep me in check. And from beginning gotta tell us what's next. True believers they can come and connect. Call in or even come as a guest and show each other respect. Try and keep my sanity amongst calamity. Social media nothing more than narcissistic vanity. PC culture on a mission and they try to cancel me but I know Jesus going